You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver. What the hell is that? Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two this week of the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. If you listen to episode, if you haven't listened to the first episode that we uh, eh, released, if you haven't listened, if you haven't listened to the first episode that we released this week, go listen to that. There's a big long diatribe intro. There's not so much for this one. Let's just do the fucking thing. Randy's damage. I heard. I heard the reboot. Okay, here we go. Shut up. Listen, you idiots. <laughs> no. Can't. Shut up. Tiger Bomb Tom, Beef the Legend, Poop the Bard, Rants and the Madman. We are here to talk wrestling. Last week, last week, last episode, we did some picks. <laughs> we talked some Cody speculation. We had a lot of AEW talk. Didn't really talk a lot about WWE. However, this week, there's a lot to unpack within the world of the Fed. NXT, according to our very own legend, is dead. The death nail has been placed in NXT. Rest in peace. Ten bell tone. It's fucking over. We're talking about that. Beef, for the first time in a very long time, has a legendary letdown. I am very much looking forward to that. We've got a stump the chumps coming up on deck. Plus, we need to talk about the grand besmirchment of one Big E. Also, more disappointing news coming out of the Fed. So let's go ahead and get right into this, knuckleheads. Uh, again fucking again another wave of nxt releases and according to the inter 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 course interwebs do you taste pennies listen it's fine one side of the face is droopy but we're gonna fight through (laughs) according to the interwebs this past wave of releases seems to be a direct fuck you to one triple h I want to get your guys' take on um, what is essentially the end of NXT as we knew and loved it. So who? So what was the list of uh, of people that all got released just recently? I know I know you sent it over to the chat, Ransom, but refresh my memory. Oh, it's a mess of gonna, fucking people. Uh, oh. So big name. I'm 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 gonna big name this Regal. Road Dog, Yep. Uh, Samoa Joe just today. Allison Danger, who was producer for like. 20 days um jeez uh, who else oh uh, timothy thatcher okay um, her, uh one old one uh, oh no birch no, not one Lorcan. yeah one he's one he's been gone for a while yeah but that's is right gone and i think those are the big ones there were yeah there were a few now. it's executive vice presidents a, you know there were a EVPs, few backstage yeah. people wow yeah, but again so, okay, listen, the three that really, they just jump off the page to me are William Regal, who yep. by all accounts, many, many, many successful NXT wrestlers, as fuck your word, superstars, many NXT wrestlers attribute their success to the tutelage of William Regal but- and Road Dog. A big name producer, one of the guys who was definitely 
instrumental in the production of NXT alongside Triple H and Shawn Michaels is, is the second one. And the third one, which just, it more confuses me than anything else, is Samoa Joe. They let him go once, brought him back, and now he's gone again. What? Somebody say words because I don't. I right. I don't know. It, it uh, no, and and that's the thing. This is the problem. This is an exact reason why WWE is fucking up. Uh, and this isn't even in NXT. This is everything. WWE is fucking up right now because like what they'll do is they will retain talent where they can for the purposes that they need on the short term. Once they're done with them, they will throw them away. Right. And, right. and, and, and that's kind of what they did with Samoa Joe, like Joe resigned. Joe like was like, Hey, I'm here for it. And which they probably threw a lot of money at him knowing that they were going to pull their contract on him. They were like, Hey, we'll pay you this much money. And he was like, fuck yeah. Caps lock. And then he no was chance. like, no, but, no chance. But like, or even if it was just a contract extension, whatever no, they fired like, him and what? he signed a new NXT deal last no, year. Uh, no, and I know that, but like they they barely used him, and and now he's they champion. they tossed him away. Yeah, you, I, so don't don't, don't sit there and just like argue that it's like well he was jam. No, like here's that, here, here's the thing. This has everything good, to do. Good. This has everything to do with fucking Nickelodeon NXT versus heavy metal NXT. Everything to do. <laughs> Every person who... So, there is a definite contrast in the shows, and I think we'll all agree on that. Old NXT was like an indie show, but on fucking meth and speed, where we didn't know what was happening, but man, do we fucking love it, and we need a more of it every fucking time. Let's get another eight ball. It'll last us all weekend. <laughs> New NXT, NXT 2.0, if you will. Uh, um, yeah, is that's more exactly how about, it is. The collective groan that you heard from Ransom and myself just oh. is more about developing superstars for the main roster because I think, and again, I think we can all agree. NXT 1.0 did not do a good job of preferring superstars for the main roster. Not their fault. I want to make that very well known. It is the fault of a fucking octogenarian who is he 80? I, I don't know. Anyway, the, the 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 whims of a fucking 70, 80 year old man. Old With piece old of Ripley shit. Old balls. piece of shit. Yes, that, that had it. no idea what he was doing, what was on the pulse, anything. So he got these gifts, these great wrestlers that Triple H said, "Here you go. They're ready to go." And he was like. What what do I do? Do I do, do I wind them up? Well, Paul, make this work. And when Triple H couldn't do that for one guy, he was like, "Hey, nope, it's over. We're done. Pack it up, move out, get him out. I don't care." One second. Like, one second. One second. All right, go. Triple H made NXT a, a fucking wonderful sight, man. Like and before and but before Triple H really took hold, before before takeovers, it was okay. It was it was it was okay. And even the first couple takeovers kind of mired in okayness. But man, like as soon as they got fucking like uh, Owens and Zayn and Nakamura, man, that shit took the fuck off. And Triple H 
put people in place that knew how to work with that. Uh, William Regal, obviously, was the guy that gave a lot of these guys chances. Uh, HBK, Road Dog, guys he trusted and knew how, how to book these style of matches. Gabe Sapolsky, who who made uh, – not made, but he was big <clears throat> in Ring of Honor and then Evolve, and then went out and said, let's start sniping these indie guys because let's do this the right way. And they did, and it was great. And then Vince said, this is not working for me. And again, honestly, he's not wrong because Vince didn't know what he was looking for. So Vince said, fuck it, we're done. You're all done. You're gone. And these releases are just the the tail end of it. The last remaining holdout is Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. What's uh, gonna what, what now 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 before we before we keep riffing on that, what do you think the future holds for Tommaso Ciampa? Uh, a release in about uh, a month. Yeah. I, I, not, I don't know about a month, but I think I don't know gonna... how soon, but he he's not protected anymore. He doesn't have the title. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, if Lord. he, if he, if they don't keep him around, nope. if they don't let him go before his contract expires, I don't think that there's a snowball's chance in hell that Tommaso Ciampa resigns anywhere in the Fed. The NXT main roster, there's not a chance he does. The the on, uh, no, and I agree with you. And the only reason that I think they would keep him around is to try and uh, for the duration of his contract or for whatever is to embarrass the black and gold. Is to like make him a make him a a you know what what do they call that a straw man for yep. um for for the black and gold because like think back a year and a half whenever we were doing this and we were singing the praises of nxt versus wwe main roster oh all the God. time all the time and think about the, the the talent that has come through there short mm-hmm. short of recently you know with like carrying cross and stuff like that think about the Sami Zayn's. The Kevin Owens is the uh, the pops. Carrying Cross, man. Carrying Cross is no, a monster. He I, was I, the no, listen, listen. But Tuckman loves and he fucking he fucking he snuffed it. it. No, we he fucking snuffed it. Um, no, t- listen, I know I love Carrying Cross as much as you beef or, or Killer Cross. I guess we can call him now. But tuck your boner between your legs for him right now. My point was with the class. Mm. The now, and I'm tucking mine too. Listen, don't think that's me bashing you beef because like Killer Cross is fantastic, especially with oh fucking scarlet anyway um the uh my my, um my my point with this is think about that heyday of nxt think about that time shinsuke nakamura Sami Zayn, kevin owens uh balor pock like think about all these guys that are and and this is not puffery i don't think this is a puffery statement these are hall of famers in the world of wrestling Maybe not. Maybe WWE won't recognize them, but people will know them. They'll know Prince Devitt. They'll know Pac. They'll know Kevin Steen. They'll know Killer Cross. They'll know Shinsuke Nakamura. People already know Shinsuke Nakamura. He's already established. You know. You, you know what I mean? Like all these people who have come through NXT and made something of themselves. Hell, you could even go further back, and you could say Bray Wyatt. 
Uh, you, you, I mean, you can, the list goes on and on, sure. quite literally on and on and on. And to see them be berated or used poorly, like this is your future. This is how you make yourself relevant. And to have, have it be thrown away like that. And then their competition go, fuck, we'll use you. And we'll use you correctly, whether it's impact, whether it's uh, row. Well, I I understand that that uh, that row is reorganizing right now. I understand that. Trust me, I know. But like AEW, New Japan, like all these places are just gonna benefit from WWE not utilizing the talent that they had, not even that they could have had. Or the talent that they tried to use, but the talent that they had, they had locked down and they had yep. all the money in their hands and they decided to just drop it into a fire. So oh, yeah, 100%. talking about this, like my mind, I, I know the exact point that this went south in Vince's mind when, because I don't know if, you know, the conversation talking about Champa, like when Champa said that he would rather retire than move to the main roster. And then he, he, he walked it back. You know, that was about two years ago, I think. But he, he, he walked it back. He was like, oh, well, you know, because I'm an old man and because I don't want to be on the road, you know, 300 days a year, blah, blah, blah. But when Champa said that, I, I think a light went off in Vince's head. And he's like, these aren't my guys. These are Triple H's oh. guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't and, imagine he liked that one bit. And 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 you know, to man, give the devil his due in the very realest sense of the term, uh, and and to look at the world through Vince colored glasses, like he and 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 you know that he's got to be this fucking wild conspiracy dude. You you just know he is. He gets like two hours of sleep at night. He's like eighty nine. He doesn't eat meat or whatever. He, he's fucking nuts, all right? So you got to know. He's like sitting there going, these are my guys. These are Triple H's guys. This is why they suck on my programming because Triple H is plotting against me. Triple H is coming for me. That's why these guys suck on Raw because he's not doing it right. I'll oh, show him. Oh. I'll show them all. You, you said something right there. The, the really – okay. Uh Get your tinfoil hats out. Hey, frogs, they're among us. Listen, I'm going to go full Alex Jones, okay? Do you think, and I, I'm asking you, Beef, because you just, you just brought that up. Do you think that Vince McMahon saw Triple H as more of a threatening competition than AEW? Or do you think that, that Vince didn't see Triple H as a threat as far as competition goes? He just didn't like he just didn't like the fact that like oh these are Triple H guys and they don't know the main roster so fuck them. I think he definitely so like you know in 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 the lion's pride you know the the alpha knows when he's getting weak and he sees all these other big fucking lions come and he's like okay all right but I'm still the alpha. You know, you can be a weak old alpha, but you're still fucking alpha because that's what you're entitled to. I I I think it's more along the lines of that. As far as more competition than AEW, I don't know. He'll never fucking say that ever. But I think no, no. 100 percent 
Like, NXT was getting all this good buzz. NXT was selling out 45,000-seat arenas better than Raw. The crowds were on fire way better than Raw, better than most pay-per-views. Like, Vince almost had to see it as, like, a, you know, uh, um, an, an act of aggression. To, to, because he lived it. Vince McMahon lived it, lived that life where he one-upped his competition twice, like once as like becoming the national brand, and then again like doing that to WCW. Vince no, walked in those shoes, so he 100% probably saw what Triple H was doing as like you know trying to step in his world, and I don't think Vince was ready for that. So with all of these releases and the fact that Vince and, for all intents and purposes, Bruce Pritchard now are taking over NXT, do you think that a release of HBK is in the future? Never. Well, listen, though. No way. My thought no of that way. is you say no, but... The only reason I think that HBK came back into the world of wrestling after he retired was because Triple H said to him, like, hey, best buddy, do you want to come and try and cultivate new talent with me? You're not going to be wrestling. You, you, know, you don't have to worry about performing in the ring. You're all backstage. We're going to have fun together. It's going to be us. It's going to be us building this brand, building these talents. It's going to be great. Now that Triple H is, from what it looks like, being pushed out of NXT, Vince could probably come to terms with the release of HBK and not have to worry about HBK going anywhere. I think HBK is the one guy that Vince can let go and know without a shadow of a doubt he's not going to go anywhere else. A, he's not going to wrestle for anybody. B, why would he go anywhere else and try to do backstage stuff? He would take all of the money that he's made in WWE and go home and spend time with his family. No. And if Vince decides, you know what, we need him back at some point, Trip, or HBK is the kind of guy that Vince could go, hey, Sean, we need you back. And Sean would go, ah, okay. Yeah, but Sean's no, not Ric Flair. Beef, beef, if I may, if I may really yeah. quickly. Okay. So let me pose this to you, Ransom. Those are, mm-hmm. I, I, I will say this. Those are excellent points. Those are excellent points. I will say this. However, think about the optics. This is something that I've been talking about for a while uh, recently. <laughs> think about the optics, okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Letting HBK, someone who is not just a wrestling fans wrestler like it's not like if i if i okay here's how i gauge things and i do this with my band right if we're talking about adding new music i will go to my 70 plus year old mother or father and say hey do you know this song and if they say yes i go we should add it because if they know it more than likely people who are going to come and see the show will know it Okay. Okay. Like it's, All it's, right. It's, I'm with you. Think about it. With that. Okay. You with me on that? I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear you. Okay. We're you're you're with me. So, yes, 
if I go to them and I say, hey, mom and dad, you know the wrestler Johnny Gargano? They're going to look at you and go, no. But if I say Hulk Hogan or Bret, Bret Hart or the Ultimate Warrior or Shawn Michaels, of course they're going to know who they are. You know why? Because they're bigger than that. The optics, the point of this is, the optics of this, if, if they let HBK go, it's going to look so bad on them. It's going to look so bad. It's going to it's going to be one of those things where they where the casual wrestling fan, not even people like us, the casual wrestling fan is going to sit there and they're going to go, they released HBK. Why the hell would you get rid of HBK? He's a resource. He even if he's not wrestling anymore and he's, you know, arguably past his prime, he's why would you let go of HBK? Because he can make any literally any wrestler better. If they spend time with so, him and they sit under his uh, learning tree, like right. why would they do that? It's gonna create they a PR. Either. It's gonna create a PR nightmare. They so I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I don't think Vince McMahon gives a shit about optics like like we see them. We would see that as a as a bad like you're getting rid of HBK, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. One of the greatest minds in the business of all time. Like, look at the matches he had. Look at the promos he did. Look at, you know, all the talent. Yeah, that's bad for us, optic-wise. But I don't know that Vince McMahon cares about that. Plus, if this is going to go down the whole WWE getting ready, or Vince McMahon getting ready to sell WWE rabbit hole, if you think about, like, okay, well, if they're cutting people for money-wise... There's, I don't think there's a chance in hell HBK is making a pittance in his role. Like you said, he's Shawn fucking Michaels. This is the heartbreak kid. Uh, there's not a chance he's making a pittance. He might not be pulling in big bucks like, you know, some main roster title holders are at this point. But at the same time, he, he's not making a minimum wage paycheck. So if they're looking to shore up some money to sell things does that not make sense to say well we're paying this guy a buttload of money and it's not the triple h Shawn michaels road dog nxt anymore it's the vince mcmahon bruce pritchard nxt do we need him so first off they're not going to cut Shawn michaels Shawn michaels is the reason that they got to the attitude era without Shawn michaels who knows what happens because that is that creates a big fucking black hole in a time where the where WWE was absolutely hurting. So as far as I as far as I'm concerned, he's essential personnel until they sell the company. But that being said, would Shawn Michaels go somewhere else? Hell yeah, I think he would. Not only for really? the money, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Not only for the money, but because I. So, let me make an, a, a comparison. Tom Brady, I think, is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Like, you can't change my mind on that. He took – he had taken low-ball deals from the Patriots to bring in winners. He took in a low-ball deal from the Bucks to create a winner so that he – because he loves the game of football. Shawn Michaels loves the game, loves the game of wrestling. He loves wrestling. 
He loved, and I'm sure he loved, being a coach, being a guy that can impart his wisdom, and and being guy, you know, a, a guy that that uh, is referenced by Daniel Bryan and and Johnny Gargano as as helping them along their way. That I'm sure went a long way for him. So if AEW says, "Hey, man, we want to put you as a producer, maybe an on-screen talent here or there, but we want you to come out and produce and help these young guys," I I think he'd jump at it, man. If if he had the opportunity, I think I think he'd jump on it. Now, okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, Tom. I, I was gonna say here. Here's my take on it. Uh, to a degree, I agree that they would not get rid of Shawn Michaels, but that's that's looking at it from a fan perspective. You have to you have to step outside of of the fan perspective for a second and think purely from a business standpoint. And purely from a dollars and cents standpoint, like you said, Shawn Michaels is not making chump change because he's Shawn fucking Michaels. Mm -hmm. In the world of Vince McMahon, his loyalty only goes so far. And I know that we could argue and say, like, there's a WWE family, you know, they've done stuff for different wrestlers, you know, helping guys, trying to help guys like you know, like Scott Hall and Sean Waltman and stuff like that through rehab and shit like that, you know, whenever people were having all those problems and stuff back in the, you know, late 80s and early 90s and into the late 90s and early 2000s before they really started implementing all the wellness policies and everything like that and and trying to better invest in the future of their wrestlers and the well-being of their wrestlers. Um, But... When it comes down to the dollars and cents of it, I think if it if it made fiscal sense to to get rid of somebody like a Shawn Michaels or anything like that, I don't think Vince would hesitate on it. And here's here's another thing to add on to it though. What we've said that NXT 2.0 has basically become, it's purely about the developmental. So how should I put this? The way the way that they're doing things, you look at how NXT of old was. They had you had a lot of guys that came in from the indies that had already made their name and already made a fan following, you know, like an Adam Cole and uh Kyle O'Reilly. It, pretty much the undisputed era. You had guys like Kevin Owens, you had guys like uh Sami Zayn, you know, like we mentioned, the the names that really made NXT jump off the page they had already established their own fan bases outside the WWE. The very thing, whether we like it or not, and unfortunately, I I really don't, from a business standpoint, it makes sense what McMahon's doing. He is cultivating the talent how he wants in his vision because, it you know, to, to get semi-religious for a second, what's to say that, you know, uh, we're all made in the image of God. You know, we're all God's children, whatever. We're made in his image. Well, in the world of wrestling, and the, and I'm borrowing a little bit from uh, from Bully Ray from Busted Open with this. In the, in the world of wrestling, Vince McMahon is God. At least he perceives himself to be. And in his image, he will make NXT as he sees fit. And he will basically make that developmental right there. Why, why, trust, why trust people you know getting uh getting their experience and stuff from outside uh you know going to wrestling schools which there's you know a dime a dozen but how many of them are actually good you know what i mean like 
he is going to basically take NXT is basically become his glorified wrestling school. And in his image, he will cultivate it as he sees fit. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense. But from a fan standpoint, it absolutely sucks because it's it is exactly what it's looking like. It's a glorified developmental territory and it is not the NXT that we that we knew and loved. And and it sucks. It sucks to see so many great talents just getting the shaft because you look and we complain about how much NXT talent went to Raw and went to SmackDown and immediately got thrown into mid card obscurity. Mm-hmm. And for what good reason? We these people could perform. They could wrestle in the ring. They could put on quality matches. They were good on the microphone. Why? 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 Why were they not put into positions to succeed? That and, we'll never know. And to counter, to kind of, well, I guess I can't say to counter. To, to attempt to counter, yeah, uh, to a beef's arguments is yes. Shawn Michaels brought the WWE into the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Vince McMahon, when it comes to, I really believe, money-wise, when it comes to Vince McMahon, it's not about what you've done for me. It's about what are you doing for me? Yes, Shawn Michaels brought the WWE into the Attitude Era, and I think in Vince McMahon's eyes, he was well compensated for that. But I don't think that that's enough to keep Shawn Michaels around, especially when Vince is changing NXT to from what, Triple H and Shawn Michaels built into what Vince McMahon wants it to be. And point two is, yeah, Shawn Michaels was instrumental. You know, he was credited by these guys like Brian Danielson with, with helping him and, and, and elevating his career. But when you look at Brian Danielson on the main roster, Vince McMahon never understood him. Vince McMahon never got him. The only reason that Daniel Bryan got a main card or, or, or a, a top tier title was because the fans literally hijacked it. The yes movement hijacked and forced Vince McMahon's hand at the before beginning. that. Well, I yeah, think, but before think, that, like, I, I don't think Vince McMahon knew what to do with him. But after, after that, that, he was a three time, you know, three time WrestleMania main eventer. So yeah, he was a three time WrestleMania main eventer who won his titles in a multi-person match. Like I yeah, keep going back to that. Right. Like he, he was never, he never had his one-on-one decisive victory over one opponent WrestleMania main event moment. It was always, an, it was, it always felt like an afterthought. At least for me as a fan, I, and and this is no discredit to Daniel Bryan. He deserved much better, but it any title ring that he had always seemed like an afterthought because he never got the one-on-one. Main event, you're the guy, you're the last match, you're the one left standing with that belt. 1v1 victory. It just, it never seemed like Vince knew what to do with him. And then after he got hurt, Vince McMahon didn't want to let him wrestle again. The only reason Daniel Bryan wrestled again for WWE was because he said, hey, I went to a doctor, the doctors cleared me, they said I'm good to go. If I'm not going to wrestle here, I'm going to wrestle somewhere else because I'm a wrestler and wrestlers wrestle. He forced Vince McMahon's hand because Vince didn't want him to go somewhere else at that time, which is the only reason he got back into a WWE ring. If Daniel Bryan wouldn't have threatened to go somewhere else and wrestle for somebody else, 
I don't think Vince would have ever put him in another match. So, and not just to mention that, I think it, I really, I really do think it all has to do with, with what winds up happening with Triple H. I think Triple H ultimately becomes the linchpin for what happens with HBK. Because if Triple H gets pushed further out and further out and further out, anybody who's a Triple H guy, Triple H best friend, the click, they're going to continue to get pushed further and further out with him. Mm-hmm. And if Triple H is removed altogether from NXT, if he's put in a different, like, I don't know that Vince would ever come to terms with the release of Triple H, good Lord. I mean, that would cause a, 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 an internal family squabble, the likes of which you've never seen. Oh, yeah. But if Vince pushes him completely out of NXT and puts him into another EVP role backstage that has nothing to do with NXT, I, I truly don't believe that the Shawn Michaels in NXT is long for this world. I mean, but the family dinners right now can't be that great, right? Like, oh, absolutely you know, not. Like, you're Triple taking H's everything be, that I've built and yeah. you're destroying it. Triple H is 100% harboring resentment. It may not be a choice of WWE. Triple H may say, you know what? Fuck this. He's got money. Stephanie's got money. He can start his own fucking wrestling program. And that would be wild. Like, in a, He could, I, but do you think that... <sighs> I want to live in a universe where, where... Sure. Well, I mean, you ask yourself, are you loyal to your parents? Are you loyal to your spouse? I know my answer. I'm loyal to my spouse. Well, of course. Uh, I know my answer as well. But neither one of us... You take care of your home first and then everybody else. Well, yeah, that's us. We're we're normal people. Yeah. We're not not McMahons. We (laughs) We weren't built and bred into this world. So it's hard to say on what side Stephanie would wind up siding. You can't, I just, I don't know. I, I can't immediately go to, well, if Triple H decides to leave, Steph is going to 100% back him and be on his side. And, uh, you know, no problems there. Because you and I and the rest of us normal people weren't born into the world of WWE. She was born into the WWE universe where her father was God. So you answer this question then, if your parents, if your father was God of the world you were born into, do you turn your back on God? Or do you say, this is my, like, this is, WWE is the, is the family. It's like somebody in the mafia saying, well, my husband wants out. So I'm going to go with them, even though my father is the head of the mafia. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think you do that. Yeah, you, you, you don't just get out of the mafia. And, and I, you know, and those, those are all salient points. I, I agree. And honestly, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, you know, if, if, if you're Triple H, like, what do you do? Like, we've, we've all been at that job where yes. we realized, okay, I've hit my apex. I tried my hardest. And it went unnoticed, unappreciated. You're then faced with a choice. You can either sit, continue sitting there, taking a paycheck, or you can bet on yourself and see what happens. Um, obviously, the family aspect makes it very difficult. But at the end of the day, I, you know... Well, the, the argument, know, if, you're a, if you're a professional, you should be able to go, 
let's separate family and business. But when everything is that close, I guess. I mean, yeah, I when just, you're dealing with Vince man, he can't he he can't fucking separate a damn fucking penny from a magnet. So well, no, because wrestling wrestling is life. Yep. Like for Vince McMahon, wrestling is life, and in any other job, you can say, "I'm unhappy here." I'm going to bet on myself or I'm going to find somewhere else that values me. Like, again, anybody else can do that. But when you're in, quote unquote, the family, like you're in the family. So unless you are completely excommunicated from that family and you leave every one of your loved ones in that family behind, I don't know that you can say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on myself, Vince. I'm going to go elsewhere. This, this NXT thing, you know, it's, it's just not working. It's not working for me. I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. When your wife is the wife of the head of the family, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happens with Triple H. I don't know where they go from here with him. But wherever it goes, it, things, just, things don't look good for Triple H. And I feel for the guy. Despite how much bitching we did about Triple H in the early 2000s with, you know, him steamrolling everybody. I mean, we, before we ever thought about a podcast, we would sit around and talk wrestling and how much bitching did we ever do about Triple H? Lots of it. Lots. Like, oh, Triple H. Oh, an epic. Steamrolled over this guy. An epic fuck ton amount. The golden shovel, baby. Yes, it was the gold. Yes. But all of that aside, I, I... feel so bad for Triple H because it seemed like he poured everything he had into NXT. His, all of his creativity, he poured it all in there. He took what was once a glorified reality show and turned it into the hottest thing that WWE had going. And now to see, A, what NXT has become, and B, all this talent that you poured your time and effort and your heart and your soul into building and growing and cultivating either be wasted on the main roster or just flat out released it's just got to be heartbreaking and demoralizing i feel so bad for him yeah it's a great segue speaking of heartbreaking and demoralizing we should do a stump of chumps where we can once again heartbreaking demoralize our very oh, own maniac i thought yeah, i thought i thought yeah, you were no- going to uh, move into the uh, heartbreak and dismay of uh, big e's title run yeah, we, we should probably talk about that, too, at least just a little bit, because I didn't know this until, I, I don't know who it was, Beef, was it you that posted in our group chat yep. the fact that Big E lost every single match he was in as the WWE champion? Yep. Or the Universal, whatever belt he had. Yeah, WWE. Yeah. WWE. As the champion, your champion... You lost every match you were in. I don't know that that has ever happened. I, I, I just, somebody do something because I, I don't. Yeah, it's I'm flabbergasted. It's, it, it's completely unexpected. I mean, it, it was it was unexpected. The fact that they that they had Big E announce and then cash in uh, his his money in the bank. You know that I think everybody. I, I, I think we all kind of speculated whether or not it was just the kind of a PR timing thing in the way of like, okay, well let's, let's put him over. Let's put him over now just to shut everybody up. And I think we actually made this very point a while back on the podcast. You might have to go back and check that episode out. Uh, but we said, you know, how long is it going to be 
and how how sustainable is his title reign going to be before they you know uh yank the carpet out from underneath our feet um and so so with we you know with Big E losing Brock Lesnar's the WWE champion and and the only reason I think uh, Brock got inserted into the match was because of Roman Reigns uh, did he test positive for COVID is that what it was yes yes okay so he tested positive and then all of a sudden you you have this pay per view and then literally like not even that long of a turnaround what like. Uh, I I don't even know how long ago everything happened. Now it seems like it's been an eternity because I'm just living in a fever dream this week. But then I see Brock say something about that he's gonna see uh, Roman on SmackDown, and I'm like, wait a minute! I thought Roman had COVID. What? Why's what? What the hell's going on here? And uh, I this is a question I have that I wanted to pose to you guys. Do you think? With this quick turnaround, that uh, they're looking to maybe unify the big the big belts again, or no? Beef? I don't know. I mean, it ha- why are we supposed to care this time? Like, the last four times it's happened, they're like, this is it. This is the unification. And then fucking two years later, they separate them again. Um, or they just make a brand new title. Um... I you know it makes sense that they that they combine them and start to like merge the rosters because realistically, if I'm USA, I'm real fucking pissed that what 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 you've done to NXT, and uh, the ratings have dropped a little bit. I think they're gonna drop a lot more now that you're losing all these people mm-hmm. for NXT. That is, so like you know that that's a real bait and switch with their with what they're pulling and i said it before and i'll say it again so yeah i mean i think that you do it to appease both fox and usa that way you have your biggest stars on both programs and that way everybody's happy see i was um, kind of, i was kind of thinking that myself and with the way that they just keep the way he just keeps cutting back the rosters making cuts from nxt and stuff uh you know who cares if they who cares if they have a, a significantly uh, depleted main roster because now there's not all you know umpteen million titles floating around. So now it, it in turn quote unquote makes the uh, the mid card title seem more important. I wouldn't be surprised if if that is the case. If they do unify this, that you know we end up seeing a unification between the Intercontinental and U.S. Uh, U.S. title again because look at what they just did with the North American and the you know the cruiserweight one. Um, Carmelo Hayes won that, did he not? He did. Yeah. I I I honestly that did not that was one that did not surprise me at all. Um and I if if I'm if I remember correctly, whenever we made our picks, I think that's why I put my four points on that one because I was like, they hardly show love for the cruiserweights as it is anyways, and who cares about two oh five live? There's no way they're gonna give a shit about that fucking title. It's it shouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if if this is all leading towards a big WrestleMania unification between uh, Brock and and Roman. But I, I don't know. Every time every time I think like, well, I've seen it all, and then they do something exponentially more stupid than the last time. So who knows? I I don't know. Poot, what do you think? I I man like. <clears throat> 
I, I, I just am having a hard time in general getting a bead on what WWE is doing. Like so. it, 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 it just, it just feels like they're grasping at straws and trying to retain some kind of order so that whenever they decide to either sell the company or do whatever with it, that they are like, I, I don't know. It just feels so disorganized as a wrestling fan. When you talk to people who are quote unquote sports fans, Right. And, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to try and get a sample size here. Mr. Uh, Mr. Beef, the legend, let me talk to you for a minute as the, uh, as the reigning, honestly, sports fan and, and not trying to take away from ransom or uh, Tom here. That's true. Reigning sports person of the P3 podcast. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to step away as a wrestling fan. I want you to separate that. Let me say I just met you the other day. We're getting to know each other, and we're like, hey, you know what? We're going to be buds. If I looked at you and you said, hey, man, you know, what what do you like to do for fun? And I tell you, I watch pro wrestling. Of course, your response would be, oh, WWF or WWE, depending on, you know, how much you know. And, And I... and. I tried to say to you, like, what to watch. The immediate reaction would be, watch AEW. It used to be watch AEW and NXT. NXT, not even so much anymore. And I'm not trying to shit all over the talent that's in there, because I'm not going to lie. I will completely be transparent. There is some talent that is on NXT 2.0 that I go, you know what? These guys have something. Not that they're going to build a brand, not that they're going to be like keynote, you have to watch these guys. But like, you know, you go like, okay, there's potential here. But outside of the WWE bubble, if I look at you and say, oh, I'm a wrestling fan, what are you going to say to me? I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) No. And that's exactly it. That's the problem. If you go back to the 80s, if you go back to the 90s, early mid or late if you said you were a wrestling fan no one shit on you they really didn't yeah okay they would go oh wrestling's fake but they'd be like you know they knew who the ultimate warrior was they knew and again i know i mentioned this the other time but this is my point if you look at someone randomly and say who's Braun breaker (laughs) fucking nobody knows if you look at them and even and even if and you know even reaching this out to prove my point into AEW, if I look at them and say who's MJF, the casual person doesn't know. Like that's kind of the problem, and 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 keeping this in the context of WWE, like no one knows. Like people don't know who you know. Like the casual person, the average human being, doesn't know who Roman Reigns is. Like, that's the problem is that they're not, they're not like building something bigger than themselves. And that's kind of the problem. Like wrestling has always kind of leaned on that. Wrestling has always kind of like uh, been that way throughout the ages. You know, whenever you talk about uh, people like Ric Flair, when you talk about people like Hulk Hogan, 
when you talk about people like Bret Hart, the average human being has heard of Bret Hart. But you know what, though? Like, you look at the guys who are building a brand, who are making so here here's the thing but man. but but no and i'm i'm gonna let you go on your thing because two reasons number one um i'm getting a phone call number two i have to take a piss um okay. and um i i gotta tighten this up but like like this is my point though you get what i'm saying i do but here's the thing like the people that here's the thing man like in the 90s like yeah like you gauge wrestling by how many butts were in seats and how many people were watching Monday Night Raw. In the 80s, you gauge wrestling by how many people had the magazine and, like, word of mouth. Now, it's a different thing, man. Wrestlers are becoming famous other places, like Twitch, uh, like YouTube, etc. Yeah, but, but, but so you it's not the, guys, the same. It's not the same. It is, though, because you're getting a younger fan base. But here's the problem. These guys who are out there making bigger names for themselves elsewhere, like Adam Cole, like Xavier Woods, you let Adam Cole go. Uh, Paige was another one. Uh, she, she's big into uh, big into the, uh, the, 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 the online world. Anyway, uh, and, and, and Xavier Woods never has a chance. Big E and the New Day tried something new, and they made something new and exciting and fun. They tried to be larger than life, and 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 you know Kofi Kingston had a nice little title reign, got beat by Brock Lesnar. Big E had an awful title reign, got beat by Brock Lesnar. That tells you all that you need to know is that Vince, while saying, "Oh, I'm trying new things," at the end of the day, just you know, good old reliable Rock, good old reliable Brock. Well, and, and, but like, but that's my point. It's like, it's good. They keep leaning on good old reliable, good old reliable, good old reliable to get them the money that they need or want right now. Like they, they, they don't think bigger. They don't think. No. And that, and that's the problem is that it is very much part and parcel to the idea of someone who is at the end of their career and at the end of their life frankly grasping at straws and grasping at the idea of quick money and grasping at the ideas of this and it's really sad because if you think about the legacy of wwf and slash wwe you want to be able to recommend that to people who are getting into wrestling or who are not wrestling fans and they've never watched wrestling before in their life or, or or people who are like, yeah, I watched during the Attitude Era or whatever. And I use that strictly as because that's whenever the most viewership in recent memory has been. You know, the casual Absol- person, right? Are, are, have- are you guys with me? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Because I anytime I anytime I mention wrestling to somebody or if I mention the our Rock, podcast, Stone Cold. people always say, yep. I used to watch back with like Stone Cold and The Undertaker. Because it was the cool thing to do. And right. now I never, never, mm-hmm. never recommend WWE or any of their products. I always say watch AEW yep. because it's that vibe. And I'm not saying it's the vibe of the Attitude Era or any other kind of era. It's the it's vibe the cool of thing. a wrestling show. Not even the cool thing. It's the vibe of 
taking a human being to a wrestling show. Like, for example, our very own Madman, our very own Ooh. glorious champ. He Hello. had never been to a live wrestling show, like an independent live wrestling show before. I had okay. the, my first indie show as well, whenever and, we all went. And, and yours as well. Whenever we went, and I believe it was roughly around the time of the, the day of the glorious birth of the Bard, we went there and we watched the show and to see the joy on Ransom and Tom's face and see them interact and see them do this. Like you can, you used to be able to capture that by saying, watch WWE. You can't do that anymore. Now you have to say, watch Impact, watch AEW, watch Ring of Honor, if, if you know, or they're older, whatever, like watch New Japan, like that's the stuff where you can get people to be a wrestling fan. And then by the time that they watch WWE, they look at it and they kind of like cork sniff it. You know what I mean? They go, oh. Oh, fuck. This is horrible. Fuck, yeah. Oh, fuck. This is bad. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's kind of the point. Is That's why I tell anyone I talk to about wrestling, watch AEW. On that note, I'm going to go and relieve my bladder. You guys mm. keep yammering. So, while he's bladder releasing, before we hit the stump, the chumps... Um, one of the things that recently came out news-wise in the wrestling world was WWE's new, uh, oh, pardon me, WWE's new cootie policy, where before I believe they were doing, what, weekly testing or testing at every show, one I'm way or not another. Sure because they were, they, were, they, they were never transparent about that, so it may not have changed all that much, honestly. Well, that's a uh, fair point, fair point. But according to the stories that I've read on the internet, their policy has changed. I think the one that I read said that they were doing weekly testing of their, of their performers. I don't know if that was backstage staff included or not, whatever. But according to an article that I read from what seems to be a, a pretty reliable source in the wrestling world, WWE is now moving to a policy of no testing, if you don't have symptoms, you're good. If you have symptoms, well, then you'll take a test. So in the world in which we live, this is subjective. Everybody has their own opinion. And since this is a podcast where the four of us talk about our opinions, I'd like to get your guys' opinion on WWE's new uh, cootie check policy. Do you think that's a good move? bad move don't really care are there implications to this do you think there's going to be backlash do you think this policy will wind up wind up being walked back if something goes terribly horribly no good very bad day wrong tom um i man it's it's so touchy because i I think, honestly, the best thing that they could do would be take pages from any other major sporting, uh, you know, companies and stuff like that and see what they're doing. And I, I don't know. I, my, my own personal opinion, 
is to err a little bit more on the side of caution. Like, okay, if... If they're not testing at all, I think that's just damn foolish. Regardless of anybody's personal opinion on COVID or anything like that, whether you think it's a big deal, whether you don't, whether, you know, whether you're for mask, against mask, whatever, this and that. I... I think I think it's one of those cases you really need to look outside of your own personal opinion and you have to look at the overall health and safety of all of your performers and all of your employees and anything like that. So if they have indeed moved away from testing altogether, I think that's damn foolish. Um I I understand that you know they and many other people you know we all we all survived the 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 whole shutdown of 2020 in general I get that I but, have finished pissing congratulations thank me. you <laughs> well done well done gold star golden shower star um oh. anywho oh, oh yeah. fuck um I. I can't I can't understand why they would why they would regress on what they had already been doing. Why not just keep it status quo if they have indeed stopped testing altogether? I think if it I I think if something you know uh something blows up in the way of, you know, people getting more sick and everything like that and it you know everything starts spraying again and things start going awry like they had before. Uh, you know, it's going to look, they're going to have a lot of egg on their face and they're really going to have to look and, you know, really reevaluate themselves. I, I think in my own personal opinion, they, they should do, you know, at the minimum weekly testing. And if, you know, it, like I said, it, it's, it's about the health and safety of their performers. Not even so much that it's about the health and safety of, uh, you know, their, their families and stuff like that. And, you, you would think that somebody in their old age, like a Vincent Kennedy McMahon, would want to be concerned about his health and well-being because he is, he would be considered, a, you know, an at-risk sort of thing. And I understand that a lot, you know, uh, the, from my understanding, the latest, uh, you know, the latest variant uh, with Omicron or whatever, the, the symptoms aren't as severe but the transmission is like way higher. If if that's the understanding that I that I've heard, I'm not by any means an expert. Um, but I mean, I you know, to to kind of borrow out of my own personal life, I mean, I have been around in the last number of months to some degree or another have been in some sort of proximity to two different people that have tested positive one of them is um, me well i wasn't gonna out you but you know i mean if you want to offer that up that's fine and so yeah that was one case and, and i and i and i understand how bad poot felt because he was worried about getting somebody that he cared about sick and myself and my girlfriend oh, and my kids I didn't and everything give a, like, i didn't give a shit about me i've fucked me like and see that's know. And that is my point with the second time with, you know, I, I won't I won't say who it was that we that I was around, 
Um, but it, it was I, I wasn't in as close of proximity with them as I was our dear bard. Um, and for not nearly as long either. But I was completely fine. I ended up showing no symptoms. I didn't test positive. All well and fine. I had COVID back in September. I know I still have some of the natural antibodies. I wasn't worried about myself, but the people I was worried about were people that were around me during Christmas time and stuff like that. I was more concerned about them. And I think when you, regardless of what your stance is, you have to take a step outside of your own personal feelings about yourself and worry about the safety of others. So I would hope that WWE does that in worrying about okay well you know we're we're not necessarily worried about some of our performers because they're you know well well conditioned athletes and their bodies have these amazing you know abilities to heal themselves and everything like that and they take good care of themselves okay well, what about their families if you know so tiktok alarm clock now before we i get uh boots opinion beast opinion i i do want to say my own personal theory as to why they did this is I uh, this story came out shortly after it was announced that Roman had tested positive for nope. the Seth. It came out before. Yes, it it came out right before Seth. Right, right before it was, it was uh, reported that Seth was but tested positive. That was about five or so days before Roman. Okay, so close proximity. It wasn't before. My theory is is that. I, and again, I can only imagine this came from Vince because it seems like everything in, in fucking WWE comes from Vince. Right. But my suspicion is if, if people aren't showing symptoms, he doesn't want to have to pull talent off of shows, pay-per-views, whatever, if they're not showing symptoms. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm saying that's my theory. Is that if they test weekly and someone pops positive, but they don't have any symptoms, they still lose that performer. They still lose that wrestler for however many days now that they have to, you know, quarantine per whoever's guidelines. If they don't test weekly and people aren't showing symptoms, then they don't have to worry about pulling somebody from a show or more importantly a pay-per-view like what just happened with this previous one where roman got knocked out they can they can continue on their merry way like oh don't ask don't tell we don't know if you don't show symptoms we have no idea if you're positive we don't know you're good to go that i again that's my theory no one has said why wwe has changed this policy but that's that's the only thing that I can really come up with as to why. Somebody else talk. Let me just step well, right in here. All right. All right. So Never mind. My uh, it's soapbox time, boys. So uh, you know, have a seat, get some popcorn. Um. So first of all, uh, what Tom said about taking a page out of the other leagues, I I laughed because my thought was at least WWE is being transparent about what they are doing. Uh, or not doing, uh, and, and like, you know, they're not trying to lie to us. Uh, I feel like a lot of major leagues are trying to mitigate this virus disease 
as best they can without showing their hand because they are worried about the overhead. Uh, 2020 sucked for a lot of people in a lot of ways. It was really weird watching football with no one in the stands. Really fucking weird. Uh, and then they started piping in uh, uh, crowd audio, which was even fucking weirder. So, yeah, like, I I can see them not wanting to, you know, do that again. I, I understand that as a marketing person, as a business person, that's not something that you want to do. And here's the other side of it. Um, like, you talk about losing that person, but you also lose people in close contact with that person for X amount of time. So... In the case of the NFL, if a running back comes down with COVID, that means you probably have to quarantine your entire running back room, meaning that you are down to, at best, a practice squad running back or bringing someone in off the street. Uh, it's happened. Uh, I think the Browns played with their like their third string quarterback couple or, uh, running back a couple weeks ago, and like quarterbacks have missed games, wide receivers missed games. The problem is, is that this whole situation is completely skewed and and strewn out of proportion in every way possible that people are coming up with their own fixes for it. The biggest problem right now with with everything is that everybody's just pretending that it's gone. Everybody's living their life like, ah, oh, hell, it's going to be here forever, or it doesn't exist, or it's fake, or I'm tired of it, whatever. And that's not the best attitude to have. NFL's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let 100,000 people in the stands. Let's do it. WDB's like, sure. Let's go back on the road. Um, you know, who, who, who cares? <clears throat> the problem is, and, and, and that's just so pervasive, that, is that everyone's just kind of like moving on, which I don't know is the best thing to be doing at this particular moment. Now, that being said, reining it back into as it relates to WWE, <clears throat> um, athletes are finding ways around it. Look at Antonio Brown. He came up with a fake documentation. Aaron Rodgers straight up lied. Like the Packers like, hey, are you vaccinated? He goes, oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm taken care of. And then it comes out, he gets COVID. And they're like, hey, you, get, you weren't vaccinated. He's like, oh, no, wait. I, I, I just said I was okay because I had antibodies or whatever the fuck he was thinking at the time. And then went on to film commercials under that assumption that he was vaccinated. But he wasn't vaccinated. So he broke several rules there. He was never punished or anything because he's Aaron fucking Rodgers. If leagues put these rules into place, they have to follow them to a T for safety's sake. If they don't have the rules in place, like you said, Ransom, they don't have to answer to anybody. Now, that being said, you know, Seth Rollins gets COVID, doesn't know if he has COVID, shows up on Saturday and Sunday doing live shows. He's in fans' face, laughing, screaming, yelling, exposing those fans who, yes, should be wearing masks. Most aren't. Uh, whatever. That's, that's, that's your prerogative. But you've then taken the situation from a locker room entertainment situation to a potential, you know, who knows how big of a fucking footprint that that has. And that's the whole fucking problem. So that's your 100% you're spot on, Ransom. That's why they went to no testing or, or lax testing. Because they don't want to have to pull one performer or multiple performers at a time. Um, it's stupid and it's bullshit, and I think that they will put the bullet on this and kind of backtrack at some point, but we'll see. 
Go ahead, Boot. Um, you know, I, I, I think why they did this, it, 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 it's kind of a little bit of blowback. Um, I understand I could sit here and talk about someone who had uh, sniffy COVID. Um, mine was bad. It was bad. Um, I was legit coughing up blood. Like it was, it was not good. Um, so to see them doing this and, and I'm not getting on my soapbox with like, everyone has to be careful and everyone has to this. I, it, 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 it's really hard to say. And I, and I understand it can be very controversial, but I'm like, listen, I do my best to make sure that the people I care about and love are safe. That's it. That's the people in my bubble that I love and care about are safe. That's all that matters to me. And if everybody did that kind of thing, then that's what it would be. And and like like we mentioned before, and I, I kind of said with Tom, you know, Tom wasn't going to out me. But, like, it broke my heart whenever I, you know, I tested positive And I knew that I had been around Tom and his family. It broke my heart. That was what I was worried about. I like I said, I could have given a shit about me. I, I'm expendable. Um, that, that, that scared the hell out of me. Um, that was the part that really worried me. Um, and, and, and to see like, especially with things going back and forth and I will fully admit with me changing jobs, I don't fucking watch the news. I don't keep up on weather forecasts. I don't because I'm still reveling in the fact that I don't have to live in that world. Um, but I still try and stay abreast a little bit of what's, what's going on Uh, to back off of that and to have laxer, you know, restrictions for their employees, let alone fans, like, like fans we're we're going to leave out of this, but for their employees, it's like, why wouldn't you want to make sure that your, your, the, the people that make you money are not being held to a certain standard or to a certain level of health or whatever. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, Um, which is uh, my documentary. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Like it, it, to me, it just feels weird. It feels strange, especially with things kind of ramping back up. Which sucks. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't. You know. It, it, you know. It doesn't suck or whatever. But like to have all that. Listen, Sniffy Magoo. You all right over there? You're breathing like James Gain. Uh, James Gandolfini. Um, the um. The the thing that is weird to me is that with the way that things are, to have them back off and to have them go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. That feels weird. Like, it feels very strange. It just feels, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like, like, you know, I know plenty of people who were in the situation I was in where I was like very, very sick. And I know plenty of people who barely had the sniffles and they were like, sweet, I get 12 days off of work. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing that's weird about all this. And like, you kind of have to, to me, with all this, you would have to, you would have to assume that everyone's going to have the worst case scenario. 
even if they're not, even if most people are, aren't going to have the worst case scenario, you, you kind of should assume that just for the well-being of the people that you employ. But then again, boys, they're independent contractors. We don't actually employ them, right? Oh, oh, oh there, there that was. Um, loophole. There it is. Yep. There's the loophole. And again, that goes back to more of the problem with WWE is that they're not employees. They're independent contractors. So they don't really have to hold themselves to any kind of standards that exist elsewhere. So really, I guess I just argued myself into the fact that it makes sense because WWE doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. They don't have to worry about the optics because it's such a money-making machine. I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer this. Like, honestly, I, I, what? Like, I have an answer for you. It feels icky. Like, that's all I'm saying. It feels icky. I've the got an answer. The title of my documentary. Gross. My answer is, I believe we have a stump the chumps. I believe you are correct, sir. Let's have uh, it. Yeah, sure. So this is from November. So it's a Survivor Series related question. Sorry, Pat. Been a while. Been a while. Been a while. At the 1993 Survivor Series, the Hearts faces the Hearts faced Shawn Michaels and his Knights. The Red Knight was substituted twice before the night ended. Who were the two wrestlers that were substituted to be the Red Knight? The last one was the last one was the one on the card. That was 93. Yes, sir. Pat's right. We did have this one before. We did. We try to. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> yeah, we had this before. Um, sugar. Da, 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 da. No. Uh. Honey, honey. All right. Wait, so what was it? Was it Wait, what was it? It was the Hearts versus Michael and his Knights, and apparently the Red Knight was changed twice uh, before the night ended. Substituted twice before the night ended. Who were the two wrestlers that substituted to be the Red Knight? The last one was the one on the card. So basically going in was supposed to be one guy, it was supposed to be X, and then it changed to Y, and then it changed to Z. He wants Y and Z. Okay, so... I have no fucking idea. I'll just say that at the back. Like, just none. Alright, I'm trying to think back. The Knights. So, wasn't... Okay, so... Wasn't one of them Greg the Hammer Valentine? Wasn't one of them Valentine? One of them was. I swear to God, one of them was Valentine. Well, I mean, it very well could have been. Was Jerry Lawler involved in this? Because whenever I think uh, Knights, I think of him. Like the king and his Knights. Well, it says face Shawn Michaels and his knights, but I, I, I think you're right. It feels like it was the king and his knights. I don't know. The king had a lot of weird fucking Survivor Series matches. Like blue, between okay, so there was, a, there was a blue knight, a red knight, and a black knight, I think. I believe it. So that's right. I, uh, 
okay, now wait. Was this was this when the king got in trouble for doing some sort of dirty dirty deed with some girl? I think that's uh, I think that's what this one because I think I remember uh, was talking about this before. The king did something, and there was some sort of like ooh. So Jerry Lawler was replaced by Shawn Michaels. I don't know if that is what Pat's referring to, but I'm fairly certain. Shawn Michaels. I think you're Survivor right. Series. I, I'm pretty it sure it was supposed to be Jerry Lawler in the Knights, but it wound up being Shawn Michaels. Yep. You. Uh, yes. That. That. That I can attest to remembering. One okay. of them, I swear to God, one of them was Greg Greg Valentine. I think I think Chuck oh. might be right. Well, okay, so so Chuck. was Greg in the match? Oh, uh, bro, kayfabe. Oh, that's it. That was last week, Beef. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> well, at least we made it through one episode without breaking kayfabe, so, you know. That's true. Uh, um, what, was, what was your question, Tom? So, so my question was, Poot is saying that he swears that Greg the Hammer Valentine was one of the knights. Now, was he one of the knights in the match then, or you're saying he was he was the one no. that was that was supposed to have been? No, because it was a, it was a four on four, right? Yeah, because it was the Hart okay. family. It was yeah, so Brett, Owen, and then who else? The brothers, the brothers. Oh, the, Keith the, and the, the Bruce. Yes, Keith and Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was Brett, this Owen, Keith, whenever... and Bruce. This is whenever Owen got eliminated, but the other three were not, and that started like the the crack in the foundation between Brett and Owen. Okay. So was this was this? All right, this uh, is starting to come back. This started to come back to me. Right. Yeah. Like talk it through. We'll get there. Okay. So this is not. You said ninety three Survivor Series. Yeah. Ninety three. Okay. I'm so. Like I said, so we know the heart side of it. I'm really sure that Greg Valentine was one of the one of the knights. So, Time frame makes sense because they were definitely bringing like that was kind of like the end of uh, 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 the Hammers' um, resurgence, I like, guess. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so here's my thing: they were under here's... they were under hoods, right? I'm sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but they were under hoods, right? The knights. Ooh, I don't remember that. I mean, they could have been. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. I thought so they were because it was like Shawn Michaels was leading it, and then the rest of them were just randos that were under hoods. Well, here's my question. So we're saying that the, the Red Knight got replaced twice, correct? Correct. So it was supposed to be X, then it became Y that night, and then it later became Z that night. So he went okay. to Y and Z. Okay. Well, who were, okay. Well, who were jobbers back then? Well, let's. Can we figure out who was in the match then on the on the Shawn Michaels side? Was well, Borga, that's what we're trying hold to. Hold on, do. hold on. Okay. Was Borga part of the Knights? Ludwig Borga? I, yes. I I don't think they would have put Borga under a hood. But this may have been before his like time. This may have been testing him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this is your shot, kid. Don't blow it. What? Well, okay. Oh. In that time frame, ninety-three through. Man, 90, I, what about what about okay? What about Horowitz? What about Barry Horowitz? Not. When did Barry Horowitz come around? See, I don't know if they were masked or not. Like now that we're talking about it, I thought they no, were. Here. I haven't watched that match in a long time. Honestly, I have no idea. 
I so thought they were. Thinking. I thought it was Shawn Michaels and three other people that were under hoods. So the only reason that I know about this match is because they talk about it all the time in the lead up to Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania, which was Brett and Owen versus the Quebecers at Royal Rumble. So they had like the video packages of Owen getting eliminated and being all pissy. But unfortunately, in the video packages, they don't show the other contestants in a match. <coughs> Fuck, I don't remember. Well, here's my thinking. Regardless of uh, regardless of who the other three knights were, he was saying you guys uh, Ransom asked if this was in the case where Lawler was supposed to lead it. Yes. And there were supposed to be three other knights, but then eventually Shawn Michaels ended up leading it. So my yes. thinking is that Shawn is one of the uh, one of the components there in who got replaced as the Red Knight, because that would make sense like that. Uh, that, you know, it was supposed to be like Shawn was supposed to be the Red Knight, but then Lawler got in trouble. So then Shawn ended up taking that spot. And then somebody else came in and took that spot. And then I don't know or whatever. But Sean is I, I feel like Sean would be, would be one of them because I feel like I feel that trickery afoot. With the question. No, because Ransom's right. It was the king and his knights. Right. Red, blue and black. The king was not a knight. The king no, no, no. The the, king. No, no, no. OK. What I'm uh, saying is Shawn Michaels took the place of the king. He's well, asking no, about the red and knight what I'm, specifically. What I'm, and what I'm saying is that Shawn Michaels was supposed to be one of the knights. He was supposed to be red. Oh, I see. And I because see, see, Lawler, yeah, because Lawler got ousted, then Shawn was next man up. So I'm saying that it's now who else it was supposed to be and then got But again, I don't think that they would put Shawn under a hood either. Um, they wouldn't have I, put Shawn under a hood. Sean is Sean would was, just be Sean. That's why I'm saying it's Sean and then three people under hoods. Yeah. Regardless, well, regardless if hoods or no hoods, I I feel like I feel like the question is tricky. I enough. honestly feel like these guys were like jamokes. I don't feel like they were wearing masks. I just feel like they were guys that we hadn't seen yet. Were they that way the whole match, or just yeah? When they oh, like okay. I, I, I feel like they were just guys that were like we we hadn't seen yet, mm. but like rose to prosperity. Otherwise, after mm. the fact, and and it's kind of like an Isaac Yankum situation here, where it's like oh, forget the past, remember you know, yeah. And, and even though you might remember Isaac Yankum, how many people remember remember Fake Diesel? You know, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I I do think Poot is right though. With hood? Oh. I don't know about the hoods, but I, I think Poot was right about Valentine. I think Valentine was one of them. And what was the other guy that you named? Who I think it was also what? one of them. Horowitz. Yes, I think Barry Horowitz was another one of them. But the third, I don't, I can't really remember. Because like those I, two were I... like. Greg Valentine was definitely a well-known guy. Horowitz, yes. kind of, maybe. And, and that's why I'm thinking I don't know if they had hood because Horowitz is a very, like, defined guy. Not that he was well-defined, but, like, he had a definite body shape. Like, you weren't going to see anybody else 
see like the little blonde hair sticking out and see that like big old torso and be like, oh no, that's definitely not Greg the Hammer Pound Fine. Like, yeah, you but know. that. Well, think about WWE at the time and their like mentality. I don't know, guys. I I honestly like <laughs> if gun gun to my head. Like, I'm not saying I'm perfect here, but like I remember Greg. Greg Valentine being one of them. I think he was like the Black Knight, though. Honestly, well, the well then the the only two that came to mind for me and and Horowitz is kind of a shot in the dark, but like, like it's pretty much the, those are the only two that can come to mind is them and is 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 uh, Greg Valentine and Horowitz. Well, what about guys like Spark Plug Holly? You know, like Bob Holly had yet to make his mark. Um, and this would have been like his like jobbing time frame, or like Duke Drosy. You know, a guy again, a guy who had yet to be what, like Duke really... the Duke the drunk yeah. dumpster. Yep. Oh, yep. God. Oh. Uh, Bastion Booger. All of these guys, I think, are names yeah, that but could see, be there. The thing is, well, you, can you read for me the wrong. question again? I, I want to yes. make sure I understand. Yes. I've read it a couple times myself because it's not the best phrased. Damn it, Pat. At the 1993 Survivor Series, the Hearts faces should be faced Shawn Michaels and his Knights. The Red Knight was substituted twice before the night ended. Who were the two wrestlers that substituted to be the Red Knight? The last one was on. The last one was the one on the card. Okay, so we only we only need two names. Right. <laughs> So, so ultimately, who was the guy in the match, and then who was the guy that? So what I'm thinking is this: is that it was lined up to be so and so, but they couldn't perform due to injury. So at the beginning of the night, they announced it was gonna be so and like somebody else. Wait, but then why would they change it midstream, unless it were a storyline? Like so that's so that's what's confusing me here. I'm not sure if this is something that happened like in the public eye or something that happened backstage and it's something that we know about because we saw it on TV or something that we know about because we read it on the dirt sheets. That's that's where I'm faltering. Yeah. Was oh man. Cuz if it's cave babe I'm thinking to myself, was Owen Hart supposed to be one of the knights? Like, was that was that something that was going to happen? And then, um, they scrapped it. I I just I just don't know, man. There's a lot of loose ends here. So okay, hold on. Uh, why did we get this before? I don't think we ever had this before. I don't remember this one uh, at all. Fart, 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 fart. I know. Fart. Because I remember uh, we, we played Among Us at one point and Pat said, oh, I sent you a question. I think I already sent you. <sighs> oh, that's why. Okay, I think we got this before because that's when I was on my kick of listening to the freaking Bruce Pritchard podcast. Okay. And I think he went over this at one point. Okay, it's Barry Horowitz, Valentine, neither one of them, or no, wait. 
Barry Horowitz, I believe, was the Red Knight who actually performed in the match, like Poot said. Okay. And if I, uh, I might be totally wrong on this, but if I can remember back to that podcast that I listened to, I think the initial plan was for Terry Funk to be the original Red Knight and get unmasked. They were masked because I think Bruce Pritchard wound up saying that the plan was for Terry Funk to be unmasked in the ring as one of the knights, which would wind up leading to a feud, I don't know, maybe between Funk and Hart. But I don't know why he was replaced. I don't know why it fell apart. I don't know if someone didn't want to do it or they didn't like that idea come game time. Probably Terry Funk. That, that sounds something very Terry Funkish. actually, now you're saying this. Does it? Yes. Because I don't know Terry Funk really all that well. But if I can remember correctly from listening to that and way back when, I think that's what it wound up. I think that's what wound up happening. It was originally supposed to be Terry Funk, but then they nixed that. I don't know. I don't remember why, or if he even said why on the podcast. But then they was then he was replaced by Barry Horowitz. That's what I'd say. I could be so far out of left field and not right. I don't know. But I mean, we're still like missing one, right? Because if Terry Funk was the guy before the show. Then Barry Horowitz replaced him, and Barry Horowitz was the one that actually appeared on the show. We only need two names. Yeah. I mean, Terry right. Funk would have been the original Red Knight who was replaced by Barry Horowitz, who was the second Red Knight who wound up appearing on the show. No, he's saying that, 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 that it was replaced twice. Um, well, then he, wrote, then he worded this shit wrong. Oh, then I don't know. Then th That's all the info two? that I have. The Red Knight was substituted twice before the night ended. Who were the two wrestlers that substituted to be on the Red Knight? Yeah, who were the two wrestlers that substituted to be the Red Knight? I I, I don't know then. My my only guesses were Terry Funk was originally supposed to be him and then Barry Horowitz wound up being him. I don't know if there was someone that was supposed to come before Terry or someone that was supposed to come after Terry or if Terry's even right at all. That's all I've got. I got nothing else. I have no idea. So I misclicked the answer, so I'm going to just shut up and bow out. I'm going to let you make a decision here because I, I saw a name. I I really think that Horowitz would be the one to do. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that because that's all I have is Terry Funk, and then he was replaced by Barry Horowitz. If there was someone before Terry, I don't know. If there was someone after Terry and before Barry, oh, I don't know. Uh -huh. I'm going with that. I, I got nothing else. Uh, hashtag fuck it, let it ride. <laughs> I mean, hell, we've had Pat on before, and if he stumps us, then we're good. I mean, it's not like he's going to come and wreck it. Hoot, is that your decision as well to go with Tim's answer? I, I like, yeah, I guess. Let me just pull it back up so I can read it correctly. I uh, really hope you guys missed this one because I need to talk some wrestling with people that understand. Sorry, Pat. Oh. <laughs> because guess what? You guys got it right. The well, two subs I... were Terry Funk and Barry Horror, which was more <laughs> acting as the Red Knight on the show. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Never underestimate Ransom's ability to listen Ran to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. He or... fucking pulls that shit out of nowhere. Ransom, yeah. Ransom, you Well, Poot, pulled... though, because I don't know that I would have remembered Horowitz without Poot saying that. No, it's because of the time period, man, because that was the beginning of, like, Barry Horowitz. And, and, like, back whenever I started watching wrestling, I loved Barry Horowitz. Like I, I don't I, know why. I'll be completely honest. I don't remember 
if you showed me a picture of the dude and said, who is this? I'd have no idea. Dude, he, I, he, I recognize the name, but I can't remember the face. He was a goofy uh, looking, goofy looking yeah. dude with a mullet. And his whole thing was pat himself on the back. And for some yep. reason, I fucking love Barry Horowitz. Greg Dammer wow. Valentine was the Blue Knight and the Black Knight <laughs> was Jeff Gaylord, a retired American pro wrestler. Uh, good job, uh, Gaylord. They yeah, they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't mention anything, but yeah. Huh. Well, Beef, cue it up, because it sounds like it's time to let it rip on old Pat. Oh, Pat. Pat, Pat, Pat. Man. I mean, we might just bring you on just because we like to have you on. I think we still owe him one, to be honest. Yeah, I think think so, too. Because honestly, with this ransom wall, I mean, say what you will about his choose right title reigns, but the man never disappoints during Stumpy Chumps. Because ultimately, Pat, you brought your best. And guess what? You lose, sir. And you get nothing. Oh, fuck. Hey, there, uh, there's, yeah. there's, um, oh, shoot. Um, there's this thing. Uh, it reminds me. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Are we chance the same? Again? I don't know. We'd have to go back and someone had to figure that out. I can't be bothered. There's something that's in the same shape of a six to midnight, only it's, it's not, it's not a wiener, but it is, it is stuffed with deliciousness. Is it, <laughs> is it a burrito? <laughs> oh, fuck. It is a burrito. Oh, uh, it's that time though. It is about that time. This one went a little long, but that's okay. Fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us to, for the P3 podcast in the second episode this week. <laughs> You. There you go. Bless Enjoy you. that. Bless Thank you. you. Yes. Bless me and all the terribleness coming out of my face. Um, I want to thank very much Sean Tischler and his work with um, uh, independent wrestling in the central PA area. There's a lot of guys who have been wrestling in the, the Pennsylvania and Ohio area that are making big moves. Uh, you know, one of them, obviously, Mambo Italiano. He got on uh he he got on a uh, house show at WWE. He got on a dark match. Yep. This guy making big moves, proud of him. Really proud of him. He he is literally uh from Italy to America. He is the quote unquote American dream. This guy is really doing a lot of stuff. Um we also want to thank Frigoff Ransom. I'm gonna go ahead and thank him now and his channel Frigoff Ransom. He always gives me a lol and uh to be perfectly candid, especially when I'm feeling down. So thank you very much uh to Frigoff Ransom. Check out his YouTube channel we also want to thank uh, mr casual gaming dad himself our very own tiger uppercut bomb tom and uh his page casual gaming dad on facebook uh we uh, again ransom when do we play among us i can't answer you i'm peeing Oh, okay. Tuesday nights, nine p.m. Tuesday nights, nine p.m. We play some Among Us and we stream it on Facebook. It's on Twitch and it's on YouTube as well. You just search special on Casual note. Game. Yes. Special note: uh, this Tuesday coming up, uh, the page was created four years ago on the tenth, and I believe my first stream was on the eleventh. So Tuesday night is a special night, an anniversary <sighs> stream. I can't wait. I'm gonna be there with. Bells on my dick. Yes. It'll be great. Um uh and and uh of course 
we want to thank Gould Gaming as well for carrying the uh, Pittsburgh Pile Driver podcast T-shirt on Casual Gaming that store. Again, go to GouldGaming.com. Uh, and search on Casual Gaming Dad, and you can find all the awesome merch that Casual Gaming Dad has. A lot of really cool stuff, and you can get your own Pittsburgh Pile Driver Podcast T-shirt. We're back on stream, folks. We're back online. We're back ready to go, and we're back ready to talk about wrestling and how gloriously terrible it all is for myself. Poot the Bard, baby, the Barbarian for our very own casual gaming dad himself, Mr. Tiger. Come on, Tom. New Year, give it to me. Uppercut. Bomb Tom for our wrestling encyclopedia, if you will, uh, Mr. Beef the Legend. Love him very much. And of course, and I'm going to go ahead and hand this off to him because he is there. Your reigning. Defending, undisputed, choo choo chooser way champion, our very own Mad King, Alec Ransom. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to PC Podcast. Oh my God! Incomplete. Congratulate me.